Another regular season game against the Golden Knights. Another regular season loss for the San Jose Sharks. We'll break down this catastrophe and more right now here on Teal Town After Dark. Good afternoon, everyone. It is February 19th, 2024. The San Jose Sharks get shut out for the ninth time this season by a score of 4-0 to the Vegas Golden Knights. Yes, the Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights who showed up and did wonders, did all they needed to do and this victory for Vegas, we welcome you to this edition of Teal Town After Dark. This is your live interactive Sharks post game. We do this after every game. So if you want to be part of the show and we are, well, that's supposed to be in Cali mode. Oh, well, if you want to be part of the show, here's how you do it. Chat with us and fellow hockey fans all over the world and in Sharks territory on the YouTube page or the app. Um, if you can follow us on the social, Twitter, YouTube, all that fun junk. You can find everything at tealtownusa.com. And if you want to support the pod, please do so at Venmo at tealtownusa. Also, you can hit us up on the Super Chat. At, we appreciate the support always. I have a guest coming in right now, so pardon me if I'm a little juggler here. But uh, hi, everyone. Puck Guy here, uh, welcoming you to this edition. Hope you're doing all right and hope you're staying safe if you are in the Bay Area. Uh, we'll let you know right now there is a thunderstorm watch in the area. So my luck as usual, the, my quote-unquote AOL internet usually likes to... Uh, F up at this time here. So uh, getting Ian Reed on in just a jiffy here and see if I can get him to jump in on, on this. So pardon the interruption. Uh, hope all is well with you. Hope you had a nice weekend on this one. Uh, as the Sharks came into this game with a, uh, you know, with a loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets, the last second loss. Okay, last 12-second loss to the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, and that was a rough one. Uh, but, uh, Ian, are you with me, bud? Yeah. All right, let me get, yep, to, I'm here. get you to the two-shot here. All right, there we go. <laughs> let, me, let me adjust your name because you are now no longer need to be named the last-minute guest. Uh, Ian Reed, how are you? Good, sir. I mean, I'm good. Um, we uh, that was a game. It that happened. was a game. It's yeah. over. And thank goodness for that, uh, because sort of last minute guest. There we go. I like yeah. being last minute guest. I need to change back. <laughs> I need to change my my Twitter handle. No, 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 no. No, no, no. And for some reason, it's not picking. Oh, wow! It did not pick up my thing. That sucks. Oh, that's, that's a bummer. Anyhow, um, so as I was getting into the, to it, uh, Vegas lost two of their last five. They come in with it, uh, you know, real little on the uh, on the rough edge of it. Even though Vancouver has just been dominating the Pacific Division, but you know, Vegas has been, you know, 
they've been good too. They've been they've been quietly good, right? I don't think because I mean they're the defending Stanley Cup champions, obviously, as we all know. Um, you know they've been in, they've been there the whole pretty much the whole season though, and right. it's, but they're not like they've just kind of been there, right? It's not like Vancouver where they're there and it's like, oh my God, like where did they come from? It's not like Edmonton. You had to like seriously climb back into it, which I think is, and they said as much on the broadcast, you know, it kind of steals the thunder a little bit from the Golden Knights uh, who I've just kind of just steadily been there all season. And they, they've been great because they're unfortunately a good team. Yeah, that's, that says a lot. They are unfortunately a damn good fucking team. Uh, and they didn't look like it in the first two minutes of this game. San Jose really came out to go off on this uh, on this game, and you know they were out shooting Vegas five nothing. They even had two goal posts, and things looked good for the Sharks until Michael Amadio scores on the breakaway because we gave up another breakaway here. What the hell is going on with this defense? It's not good. But it has. I don't know why this is a surprise anymore. It hasn't been good it all year, be. right? Like I don't like. No one should be surprised at this point. I think a lot of teams, when you look at the Sharks and you look at who they're missing, I think a lot of teams are obviously going to look at them and be like, oh, "This is an easy game," right? And I think it takes them. You know, I, I think we've we've seen a couple teams kind of start a little flat-footed against the Sharks uh, since they've lost, since they've come back from the All Star break without Katur and Hurdle in the lineup, and I feel like. So they've they've caught in a lot of teams kind of flat footed at the at the start of the game. And then, you know, they kind of have to get punched in the face a little bit and be like, oh, yeah, this is still the NHL. Like we still, you know, NHL players are still good, surprisingly. Now the Sharks aren't, but they're they're still, you know, there's still a decent amount of NHL players on this roster. I think if you take anyone too lightly in this league, you're going to wind into troubles like the Golden Knights kind of did to start this game. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, it was a breakaway and, and Blackwood, uh, wasn't able to make a save and it kind of just momentum changes quickly. Immediately. I mean, it went from five, nothing in shots to Vegas, I think was out shooting the shark seven, five. Uh, and, and in that time, Vegas gets another goal from William Carlson, a bad bounce off of it hits. I think it was Carlson's shot went wide. It hits off of Addison, who's. It lays just outside of the crease and goes in to make it two nothing. It's yeah, it's bad. I mean, again, <laughs> like it just it sucks, right? Because like you, you get off to a good start like that, and then uh, that quickly the game's basically. I mean, they Vegas never really looked back after no. that point for the most part. It it was it was practically over at that point, uh, but nice moment, you know, uh, if you're a Vegas fan. Uh, or uh, Mason, or is it uh, Michael Morelli? I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, his they, first they NHL goal, his first NHL game. Sorry. No, you're good. Yeah, I just I, I go ahead and finish what you're saying, and then I'll. Oh, he gets his first NHL goal uh, in his first NHL game of a 28 year old <laughs> undrafted free agent. Undrafted player. I mean, we should know this off by heart now. They they brought it up on the broadcast. I mean, 17 million times. And and don't get me wrong, look at I don't want to be. I don't want to be an asshole here. It is a nice story. This is the kind of thing that I would yep. normally come on this show and be like, yeah, that's that's a nice thing, right? Um, but the fact that they had to go back to it on the broadcast so many times just tells you how bad this game really was. Well, yeah. I mean, this, this game could have been a hell of a lot worse. This game started off like it could have been 
Vancouver or Pittsburgh like it was uh, back in November. And that's how it ended up doing. I mean, like we said, they, yeah. the Sharks outshot Vegas in the first two minutes of this game, 5 nothing. It ended up being 17-9 in favor of Vegas after 20. Um, they just turned on the switch. Yeah, look, I mean, this is a really good team. And I think the thing with this Golden Knights team is this they're not even at the height of their power either. Like, they're missing right. Jack Eichel, who is a big piece for them. Um, you know, this that's that's the worst part about this Vegas team is they they handled the Sharks pretty handedly. And this isn't the team that's going to, you know, when this team gets into the playoffs and everyone's magically healthy. And I'm not saying that they're, there's cap shenanigans here. It just It is what it is. Um, I don't think that they're... You know, like it's like, are they good enough that they want Jack Eichel to be out this long? Well, of course not. They they want Jack Eichel healthy and playing um, every night. But yeah, I mean, I feel bad for this team because, or bad for whoever they play because I think, like we kind of set off the hop. You know, this is a team that I think a lot of people are sleeping on right now yep. because they've just been there the whole season. They have, they've just been consistently good all season. There's no, there's no big story around them. You know, it's not like, oh, well, you know, they climb back into the playoffs after firing their coach and losing a million games. You know, they're not they're not Vancouver, who last year wasn't even a playoff team, and they're running away with the West. And potentially running away with the President's Trophy, for that matter. Potentially, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, again, they're definitely in that conversation, too. I didn't look at the Eastern standings to see where they are points-wise there, but... Yeah, you know, again, Vegas just quietly the they're the they're the kind of the the silent poison in the division, right? That they're going to kill you. You just but no one's paying attention to it until it's too late. And barring anything crazy going on with Edmonton, I mean, that series might be already locked up. It might just be a matter of who gets home ice between the Golden Knights and Oilers. Yeah, I mean, and that'll be a fun playoff series too. I think, and I would be. Uh, I'm oh, sorry. There's a chat question. I, I saw my name. Um, oh, okay. Give me a second. Uh, give me a second. I will answer that. Yeah. We'll um, get that to you in a sec. When you're ready, let me know. Um, we'll what, finish. What, Go ahead. Sorry. What, what were we saying? <laughs> I got sidetracked. No, just, uh, just more so, you know, just Vegas and Edmonton is going to be a good series. Yeah, it's going to be a great series. I don't, I don't, I, I would probably take Vegas in that series. I think Vegas is such a complete team, right? And I think the one thing like they don't get enough credit for is how good their defense is. Like, I think that defensive group is probably the best in the West. And mm-hmm. I think that's what separates them from, like, don't get me wrong, Kale McCarr is better as a better defenseman than anyone on the Vegas Golden Knights. True. But I don't think the, the group as a whole is better than the Golden Knights. Edmonton's defense is sure as hell nowhere near the Golden Knights. Like that's Edmonton's <laughs> big flaw, right? I think right. their defense is kind of sus. Um, so yeah, I mean, look at, I mean, the Golden Knights, man, like they're, they don't, I don't think they get talked enough because they've got so many weapons up front of how good defensively they are. Like that defensive group, it's definitely the best in the West. In my opinion, it might be the best in the league. I don't know. I'd have to take a look. Uh, he'll take a look when I'll mention that Keegan Colasar, speaking of the defense, finished up the scoring late in the second period. Uh, a beautiful pass from Alec Martinez to feed him on the other side. I think it went through like four pairs of of skaters to get to him. So 
Uh, there's all that, uh, and then some to finish up the scoring for nothing. Uh, definitely saw David Quinn getting very heated multiple times in this game, especially in the third period. Surprised he didn't get a toss uh, because I think a lot of people were expecting. Uh, I think they the coaches were warned in the off season to lay it low on on the officials. Uh, did you have a gripe with the officiating today? No, not really. Um, I think, you know, I, I've always kind of like if you're the, the bad team, the, the the worst team of the two is generally the team that's going to take the most penalties because you're chasing the game. Um, I think that there was a lot of calls that were probably 50-50, but I think, um, you know, on the broadcast, um, Drew Drew had it right. Like, I think, you know, he's like, yeah, I can see why Quinn's pissed off, but that's going to get called in the NHL now. Like, right. There was a lot of calls there that I thought, yeah, they, you know, they probably could have gone either way, but they they're going to get called. Like, that's just the standard in the league now. They there wasn't really anything like that I thought was super egregious. No, I mean, there are some things that were a little soft. But yeah, there those have those calls, have been, but those get called, called. Like, but it's but they but they get called, right? Like it's right. not like this is a soft call and that never gets called in any other game. No, they those things get called all the time. Like I I think Drew had it right. Like it was, you know, a situation where and, and this is why I kinda like I enjoy having Drew on the broadcast over Hedekin a lot, because I find like Hedekin oh is still sometimes two player. Um so he's like always like super just he's like always super animated about anything that gets called on the sharks and I like how Drew brings more balance to it. You know, he brings like a more objectiveness, I think is the word I'm looking for. Like yes. he's, he's far more objective in his analysis than Hedekin. And I'm not trying to pick a fight with Hedekin here. I know we're going to get called to the bike rack again, but, um, but I just, I find like sometimes I, I find with Hedekin, like he's too raw. They can't call that on What are you doing? This is, you know, how is that a penalty and blah, blah, blah. And it's always, but it's always only against the sharks where it's like, how would you call that? And then it's like, you would get a call like that against the other team. He's like, well, you know, you know, and I, I like that. I, you know, the one thing I'll, I'll give Drew a lot of credit for is he lot, he's a lot more objective in that situation. He's like, yeah, you know, and he kind of explains it really well. And I don't know. That's just my, uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll say this. Drew has come on. I'll, I'll no. meet you at the bike rack, Hedy. Oh, oh, boy. <laughs> I, I will say Drew was like that early on in his broadcasting career, especially when he went to the TV side. Uh, I'm not sure. trying to defend Hetty at all or anything on the, uh, like that. But nowadays, yeah, you got to see it kind of from both ways and without with a, with a shameless plug, teal tinted glasses. Yeah, right. For so, um, we'll say this. I know there are people heading home, um, not to divert from hockey. There is a severe thunderstorm warning. Uh, for San Mateo, Redwood City, and Foster City uh, up until 4.30. If you're watching us live, be careful out there. Um, but yeah, the, the I, I didn't, I think there was like stuff, like I said, they think there was like stuff that was a little ticky tacky. Yeah. Um, but that's what's getting called. So yeah, I it, get like, it. It's consistent. Like I, yeah. I, the call, I thought the calls this game were pretty consistent. I didn't really see much where it was like, oh, they called that on the Sharks and not on the Golden Knights. It's, it's a, right. Again, man, it's 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 a lot easier to avoid penalties when you have the puck. 
Exactly. And when you're not having the puck, you're chasing, and the next thing you know, it's tough. I mean, I get it. Ruda had his his uh, stick stepped on, or stick stepped on, and he got the tripping call. I get that. You know, it's it's a, it's one that kind of sucks, but it's one that you get called for. The Zetterland one was a little bit. I was like, ooh, I I want it. I wonder if. Quinn's going to go red on this one because it's with two minutes to go and, and Ooh, that that's a little, that's a little sus, but nonetheless, uh, yeah. sp- speaking of Mason Morelli's goal, uh, mm-hmm. myself and Darren Stevens and then AJ also chimed in later on about who's uh, scored the most goals, who's allowed the most first goals in the NHL. Since the Sharks have come into the league, the Islanders at 128, the the uh, Capitals at 126, the Winnipeg slash Arizona franchise 125, and then the Sharks and Sens are tied at 124 goals, uh, or 124 players who have scored their first NHL goal against that team. So it is uh, the third time that they've given up the first. NHL goal to a Golden Knight. It's the second time they've done it this season. Yay us. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think this is, it's one of those things that I think it's an interesting stat, but I just, I don't think it means anything. Well, it, it goes on where I think we've seen it, especially in the past. So it's like, who is this? Is the 565? Yeah, no, I know. Play, and I just, but... I just think it's one of those things, like, I, I think it's probably something that, I mean, look at, I mean, you look at, you look at those numbers that AJ posted, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, like 128, it's just one of those things that because we're, you know, 120 for the Islanders, 126 for, uh, you know, Washington. I mean, it's, it's probably something that we, you just notice more because obviously you're watch your own team's games. So obviously when it happens a lot to your team, you're like this, this, I cannot believe how often this happens. But when you look (laughs) at like, look at the numbers on the teams in that list and it's, I mean, it's obviously not something that just happens to us. Right. Yeah. No, just just, that's just quite interesting as to that that it has happened for like that. Uh, Also mentioning that uh, games, Sharks have gotten less power play appearances in a point 34 versus 10 where they've out gotten the power play on that one. I'll give it again. But here's the thing, right? The Sharks are not a good team. When you're chasing the game, you're more likely to take a penalty than you are when you have possession of the puck not saying that you know it never happens where a team takes a penalty when when they have the puck but if you're chasing the game more than another team you're more than likely going to be the team that's going to get the most penalties that's just the way hockey works yeah it's it's just quite interesting how that works and the reason why i mentioned the power play is uh for the opponents is a stick tap to what they've done in the penalty kill lately the 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 uh the Morelli goal, his first NHL goal. Oh, wait, did mm-hmm. we mention it again? Um, <laughs> it, it was the first time that the Sharks have given up a power play goal in 21 attempts. So give give them kudos for that. They only allowed one power play goal today. Overall, they've been a lot better. They were dead last, and because of their 24 20 streak, they, they slowly moved up to 29. Which yeah. tells you how rough it's been for the for the penalty kill this year. Let's get to Dati's question there before we get too you got, far. You uh, got it. Wander there. Uh, uh, off topic. No disrespect to anyone, but heard in the last podcast and need to know when was the time clean hits didn't end up with a fight. 
fighting penalties have only declined in my lifetime. Yeah, I think it's always kind of it's one of those things where it's always like because fighting has gone down, I think we you you see there's 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 less situations now that are kind of result in fights, I find. And I feel like that's kind of the one where it's still like, you know, part of the quote unquote code. Right. Um, so it's like it's the one thing where it's like, oh, you know, yeah, he, you know, he laid out a big hit. And now he had to go fight him. And, and you're kind of not going to get in crap for fighting because like the Department of Player Safety is run by old players and stuff like that. So I find like it's it's a it's it's a it's a more like people don't like it. I think people kind of get annoyed that oh my god clean hit now we have to have a fight right um because you shouldn't have to answer a clean play with an illegal play in my opinion but i mean i would still take that over you put your goons out to start the period i'll put my goons and we'll have a staged fight off the face off like i'd rather that than at least that's in the heat of the moment yeah. rather than bullshit dog and pony show nonsense no totally 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 I, and i get it i think i think Hitting has also gone out of the way. You're not seeing those big, big hits like you used These to. These players are too fast, right? Like because I think it's it's not because like here here's the thing, right? I think the game has gone so much faster is why you don't see a lot of like the big, big hits because it's hard. You're like if you line. I mean, th these players, th their equipment's insane now, and I think that's part of the problem, too, with, like, some of the more dangerous hits is because, like, if you went into the boards after a guy at the speeds that they do now in, like, the 80s when gear wasn't very good, you might throw your own shoulder or you hit the boards the wrong way. Um, I just I just think the games change, right? Like, I and I, I still think it's for the better. Like, games, I think, are a lot more exciting now when, you know, I'd rather... I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm in the minority here, but I would rather watch like, you know, high octane offense over a hundred fights and you know a couple of really big hits and you know what I mean. Like, I'd rather I'd rather watch hockey than the other aspects of it. Not, I'm not saying like, look at I'm not a guy who's gonna. I, I don't want to like come off like I'm like holier than that. Like I I'm no, I don't turn off this you know I don't turn off the stream when there's a fight. I love I oh, still yeah. love big hits, but. I like that the game has more emphasis on the talent of it over the thuggery of it, which for a long time hockey had more of a, you know, it was like there was talent, but it was a lot of thuggery. And I, I, I think the game's better now than, than it's probably ever been, to be honest. Yeah. And I mean, you can disagree with me on that and that's fine, but I think the game's in a good place now than it was, especially like it was in the, in the nineties like that puck era like. the the clutching the grabbing the right, yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah. hugging i mean you could hug and turn your opponent around and throw him on the ice and you weren't getting a holding call compared yeah. to now and maybe that's where a lot of that comes into play for like Quinn's frustration uh on the day you know where some of it's like oh okay but yeah that was you know so uh, Ruta admits trade deadline weighing on the guys, reminding it's a normal thing for a team that isn't making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a thing, and, and maybe I will um, deflect it to you, Ian, for this. Who can be out there? Because honestly, I mean, LeBanc looked like he was not connecting at all today and looks like a guy that's not going to even get a phone call. 
uh, about? I mean, Kevin LeBanc's kind of his own worst enemy uh, in this situation. I think, you know, I, they talked about it last night uh, on the Pucknologist. They talked about Kevin LeBanc a great deal. So if you haven't watched Pucknologist, uh, be sure to go back and check that out. Because I think that uh, Puck Guy and AJ had a pretty good conversation on I that. Zone. Or, uh <laughs> hockey jerk and AJ had a really good conversation about that um I, I mean Kevin LeBanc's kind of his own worst enemy in this in the fact like look we're gonna start seeing the cap go up now but that doesn't help Kevin LeBanc this year right like that's no. a lot of money for I don't know man like I just I can't see people ringing the phone off the hook for Kevin LeBanc um I, I think it's nice that they finally got him back in the lineup a little bit and you know, tried to let him show a little bit something before the trade deadline. But I mean, there's nothing in the last two games that I've seen where I'm like, Oh man, like I bet you some teams are going to call for Kevin LeBanc now. Like there's, I just, I don't see it. And then the amount, like not only to just get him out of here, but what are you getting him out of here for? Like, there's no rush to get him out of here. He's a free agent at the end of the year. Yeah. So it's not like you have to get rid of him. Um, so I just, I don't, I just, I can't see the Sharks being overly motivated to move him. And I can't see another team coming in to, to be like, oh, I need, I need me some of that. I think Kevin LeBanc's a guy who's going to have to wait until the summer. He's probably going to get picked up on like a PTO or maybe a league minimum deal, you know, and it probably won't even be a contender. It'll probably be like a team like, you know, trying to fill in a roster and, and do what the Sharks did at the beginning of the season, you know, a reclamation guy. Maybe yeah. Columbus calls up, like maybe Columbus gives McCollum says, hey, come play for us on a on a one year, you know, two million dollar deal. Yeah. Right. I don't think I don't think it'll be a two way deal. I think you'll get a one way deal because but I think he's a guy who'll come in and, you know, someone will give him like a league minimum million dollar one year deal and say, do something. But I don't think it's going to be a contender. I think it'll be someone like an Anaheim or a Columbus that calls and says, hey, here's a chance to to kickstart your career. Maybe if you do really well, we can flip you at the deadline for something. But with his contract being what it is now, I just, I can't see very many teams, even if the Sharks retain a bunch of salary on it. I don't think the, the amount that the Sharks can retain, I still don't think Kevin LeBanc at half value is still something that I would want to do and have to give up extra assets in order to get the Sharks to retain on. Because again, the Sharks can hold them till the end of the season and just walk them to free agency. The the scary thing too is that you're going to end up getting nothing out of him and maybe you had some value with him a few years ago. Yeah, but I mean that those days like a few years ago, yeah, like don't get me wrong, like I think the second like the second that he ended up in David Quinn's doghouse the first time like the first time around, I would have gotten rid of him. I wouldn't have brought him back this summer, this year, right? Yeah. I would have definitely entertained conversations for him in the summer, but what's done is done. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I will say there were a number of scouts in attendance today. Uh, shout out to Max Miller for t- snapping this. Arizona, Boston, Chicago, the Islanders, Sens, Tampa Bay, Vancouver. Of course, Vegas was there and Winnipeg. So interesting to see that that we're getting more and more scouts in in the area. Of course, that's being said. I mean, that's been well known. Um, Tampa, I, I something tells me about Tampa being a spot for maybe a defenseman going over there. Yeah, they lost Sergachev, so I'm sure that they're looking for some depth options. Um, maybe again, I look at this roster, man, and I don't. I, I, like I look up and down it and I don't know what people would want from it. 
I, I don't know either. And that and that's this that's the really tough part is we came into the season thinking, okay, if Hoffman can get going, if Duclair yep. can get going, heck, even Granlin can get going, we could flip him for extra picks in this draft. And now I'm not even sure you can you're gonna get I think they're gonna mid-picks. do some stuff. Yeah, I, but I I don't think there's anything but there's nothing super sexy here. There's no Timo Meyer here this year. Right. Right? There's not something where it's like, ooh, we could take that, right? Like I don't think Teams aren't banging down the door, aren't banging down the door for, at least not right now, maybe in the summer, like people aren't going to bang down the door for whatever, six more years of Tomas Hurdle. Right, right. Right. Um, I, I, you know, I, it's funny, like they said, Logan Couture's out there, but it's like given his season, like no one's banging down the door for three more years of that. Well, and the concern with, with the groin area that where he's had his injury for most of it, and yes, he's getting a little bit better, but that's super risky. And for a guy who just put, uh, who just came back and now is out after seven games and who even said that, you know, I'm not sure if, uh, if uh, I could continue on in, in the league, that's a big concern. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I just I I there's there's, there's just nothing sexy on this roster no. that says, oh man, we're gonna like break and like they're gonna get some mid round picks for some guys, and that's fine. I mean, that you know, there's nothing wrong with mid round picks. I just don't think that the the trade deadline is gonna be super super sexy. I think it'll be a very boring show yeah. <laughs> when we come and be like. We got a third for Mike Hoffman, or, <laughs> you know, and like we're gonna we have to try and pretend we're all excited about a third round pick. Uh-uh. Um, I, I think there's guys that some guys, you know, might look at because again, you look at this team does have a glut of defenders that I think people might want to look at going into the playoff run because GMs love their depth defensemen, and if the Sharks have something in abundance, it's depth defensemen. But again, none of those guys are getting you sexy picks, right? It was right. like, oh, we got a fourth for insert depth defenseman here right you know and and john swenson by the way john if you didn't hear me during the after the all-star game thank you very much for uh for the seats during the skills competition for you uh john swenson no one is going to trade for couture this season in future seasons it would be difficult to sell with his contract the T makes a good point, though. Something that I could, I could see as a like a prospect for prospect um, swap. Um, you know, you have a guy like Brandon Coe who might need a change of scenery. Um, you know, you you could see something there that might be interesting. Um, but uh, there are some there are some guys in the Barracuda. We t- we did talk about this a little bit uh, on a previous show. I don't remember which one it was, but I would not be shocked to see you know some of these guys get thrown in or like a. You know, to see a guy go like a depth defenseman and maybe you throw in a Kuda player to bring in another, you know, um, reclamation project from someone else's AHL team that might come in here and and have a chance to kind of put things back together um, here, which which uh, which are always fine. Like sometimes it works out. Um, you know, I think I think the, the the Sharks have done OK in that regard, flipping prospect for prospects. Uh, it hasn't always worked out. Like obviously Coates not here anymore and you switch. That's that was the Merkley trade. But mm-hmm. Um, Peterson like for Jacob Reedy, Peterson right? was well, yeah, and Jacob Peterson I think has had not a great season, but as of late he's gotten better, and I think that a lot has to do with health in that situation. There, I don't think Jacob Peterson's had the most healthy of seasons, um, as no one has in this organization <laughs> in general, right? Um, 
But Jacob Peterson's a guy like I think is a, is an example of that, right? Where you bring in a guy who, you know, Jacob Peterson was a guy that started the year in San Jose uh, and then went down to the AHL, kind of got hurt, kind of lost his way a little bit. But as of late, has been really, really good again. And he's kind of been the the Jacob Peterson that we were super excited about last season. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I don't want you to play, you know. Uh, reach into your brain for foreseen points for Duclair, but probably Duclair is your biggest asset along with a goaltender, although goaltending isn't exactly the best thing to trade for yeah, at the so deadline. It's it's going to be interesting, right? And here, here's the problem with goaltending at the deadline. The question is, is Marc-Andre Fleury going to be in that market? Because if Marc-Andre Fleury is in that market that is going to be everyone's go-to and everyone else is going to get peanuts. Goalies, for the most part, don't really get you much at the deadline, although there have been some teams. Like, I think if you're... there's There are some teams that I think probably are looking for goaltending help more than maybe any other season. Uh, I think there's some contenders that have some serious questions in goal right now. I would give you, like... I know some people are, are of, the, of the opinion like we just keep cacking in at this point and just like, you know, because that way you have your kind of your tandem going forward. But I mean, you could trade Capo Kakinen, um, you know, hope he doesn't have an insane playoff. And then, you know, you could always circle back in free agency if someone picks him up as a as a rental. Um, I think that like my opinion with Capo Kakinen is I'm always and I've said this many times this year on the show. Um, I'm always nervous about a guy who is suddenly really good when there's money due, you know, <laughs> yeah. when there's a paycheck coming up. Oh, I'm suddenly really good again, right? Um, because I think that's been Cabo Kakinen's kind of history here. I think when money's been owed, he's been really good. When money wasn't owed, not really. So, I mean, to me, I would trade Cabo Kakinen if I can get the right return for him or any return for him. Um, I'm much in the boat where you, and, and if you're that in fact, you're with me and you think you want to bring him back, bring him back in free agency. But there's no reason why you can't like, I don't, there's no point holding on to him now and just walking him to free agency. If, especially if he's, if, you know, if you've had preliminary conversations and you don't think he's coming back, I mean, get something for him, but I don't know, you know, there's been really no reporting in that regard. So I'm just making that kind of up out of thin air. There's been no real, you know, none of the. At least not that I've seen none of the beat writers have been like, oh, they've been talking to Kapokakin in about next year. You... Like we haven't really seen that. So but I think if you I think if you get a decent return for him, you absolutely jump on it. Because you... he's probably your best bet. All right. So two questions. Mm-hmm. With and without Flurry in the market, is there a certain team that needs a backup goaltender? Uh and um... and what what do you think the return could be? for for him see i think if you're a team like look at i look at toronto do you want to go into the playoffs i know they have wall if, if he can get healthy but do you want to go into the playoffs with samsonov and martin jones who's come way back down to earth again by the way imagine that happening yeah love how it happened when i'm playing you in fantasy hockey but you know, <laughs> fuck you Ian. anyways no, no, but I think like you look at that, right? Like I, like, I think there's a situation of a guy you probably want to shore up some goaltending, right? Right. Um, I, I think that 
I look at them. There's a couple other teams. I, you know, the other thing is, 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 is Jacob Markstrom on the market too? Because I think if the Calgary Flames do start just talking things off, Markstrom's another guy. I think that could probably get a decent return, although I think he has term left. So I'd like to see the cap gymnastics there. Um, but yeah, I, I look at a team like Toronto. I, I think, you know, Edmonton's been better, but you know, do they want again cap gymnastics? You probably have to take something awful back there, but. You know, I think Kapokakinen's not a terrible guy to have in reserve if Skinner falters again. Like, not that he has, but like if he if he does, I don't. What else are you gonna do there, right? Right. Um, and yeah, I think there's a couple teams that I I think that probably are a little concerned with their goaltending. I don't think that um, Georgiev's had a great season. I, I know Colorado's still good and they can probably do fine, but again, if you can bring in a guy like Kapokakinen to to go behind Georgiev, that's not a terrible play either. Yeah. No, uh, whatever can do would be helpful. Uh, and I think there's a lot of teams that would love to upgrade their goaltending uh, yeah. big time. So it'll be interesting to see how it happens. We're about two and a half weeks away uh, from the deadline. So it's going to be... AJ says we should have kept Mikey Isamont. Here's the problem with Mikey Isamont. They would have walked him to free agency and he would have been free to sign anywhere. So... Like got you, you, you might have walked him. Yeah, you got something out of nothing. He was gonna. He was. You were gonna walk him to free agency. But it, in that it's just reality of it, in that case, if they were to re-sign him, I would have liked that move. I mean, he sure, plays if great he wants to come year. back though, if if he if he looks around and says, "Oh man, like I want to go back to the rebuilding sharks. I don't want to go to the Tampa Bay Lightning." Come on, right? No, of course, of course, of course, no. <laughs> I get, I get your point there. All right, let's let's go to the fun topic. It's been one that we've been having fun with since they debuted on Saturday. What do you think of the thirds? Those new Cali Finn jerseys. They're fine. They're fine. They're. Fi- I don't know. I I I think that I like the Circle Finn logo. I've always been a yeah. big Circle Finn logo guy. I just I don't know about it being the primary logo. I feel like this version, like if it was the old one, like off the the teal ones, mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's like, I don't know, man. I, I feel like that would be better-ish because I feel like there's more detail in that one. Right. Like it just feels very plain. It's a the, simple the, slide. Yeah, it's for, it's very, well. but for a primary logo, do you, is that what you want? I don't know. I don't, it's fine. I, I'm debating whether, you know, when the, the tax man says hello, if I'm going to get one or not. But, um... Yeah, they're fine. I I don't love them. I don't hate them. I I think they're just fine. I will say this is the fourth black based jersey that the Sharks have had. This was easily the first time where I've grabbed it on the first night. You know, there was the one with the teal and black chevrons. There mm-hmm. was the black armor. This, by the way, let me show you this. I don't think I've shown this to anybody, but shout out to. Uh, Eric Bottomer from Adidas for giving me this. This was a prototype of what Black Armor almost was, was with this logo. Oh. So uh, I'll give you that one. Uh, Stealth was a pretty cool idea. Uh, Stealth, it's amazing how much Stealth has grown on me. Because when I first saw the Stealth, I was like, yeah, whatever. Stealth is one of my favorite jerseys. I don't know what happened. It just, it grew on me. Yeah, no, but I like how they've added more teal to this jersey. Sure. I think you still have that. Love the NorCal patch. That's that's really NorCal cool. NorCal patch is super cool. I dig yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, we asked you to take a part of it, and we'll close up the poll right here. 90% of you act, uh, really like the uh, 
the Cali fin. So, uh, yeah, appreciate it. I think it's the, fine. Like, I'm, yeah. if, if, it's, if this is your favorite black jersey, I don't think you're wrong. I think it's just, it, to me, it's, it's fine. It's just, uh, I, I like the circle fin, but I think with the NorCal, it also has the fin. I don't know, man. Like, yeah, I just don't think the circle fin makes a good primary logo. That's all. No, I get you. I get you. And to have a different mark, I think was really key there too. So, um, all righty. Uh, <laughs> Ruben couldn't tell you what the jerseys they wore this afternoon. Didn't watch the game. How <laughs> dare you? It's good How to see. You? It's good to see you at the tank on Saturday night. Uh, Jules, get home safely uh because that that uh as we go to traffic and weather on the eight it seems like uh <laughs> severe thunderstorm with the weather yeah severe thunderstorm hitting the peninsula could produce possible tornado national weather service warns so uh please be careful getting home if you are watching this on the way home uh this evening or this late afternoon so uh but I think we will wrap it up from here. In case you missed anything, hey, there we go. We got the Califin version here. In case you missed anything or you want to watch this again, check this wait, out. On, wait, oh, I'm not oh, done. Oh, you're not done. Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, so, sorry. So here, I, I have homework for, for everyone. Um, oh. Coming up, uh, probably we're going to try and get a, a TLT tinted glasses this week because obviously it's another really light week for content. Um, I don't have a set. We don't have a set date yet, but uh, have it soon. In the comment section, or you can DM me on Twitter uh, at Ian Blogs Hockey. Uh, let what I want from you guys is you guys to give me your trades for the sharks, like trades that you would make uh, for the sharks. And uh, on teal tinted glasses, what we will do is me, uh, Kevin Lacey, and Jules, if we can get all three of us on the same show, uh, <laughs> we will be the judges, and we will. We'll, we're going to be like the the trade thing on like ea sports where it's we're going to tell you if it's a good trade if it happens if we agree with it if it's good if it's bad we're going to tell you <laughs> rejected denied leave your trades uh in the either you can leave it in the comment section to this video absolutely you can dm me on twitter uh with your trades um for you know san jose trades x and y to blank for blank and we will uh we'll tell you if it goes through or not i love that idea but you have to have this sounder though we have a trade to announce. Only if Kevin can do the Gary Bettman for it. That's all I'm going to say. I, I mean, Kevin's the linchpin to the operation, this whole, <laughs> this whole idea. Um, what I'm hoping for is after the game against, I believe, Coachella on Wednesday, but it might be Thursday. I will, uh, I will, uh, I will let you know on the Twitter machine as soon as I have something... Uh, but yeah, so that's that's what that's that that's your, that's your homework. Uh, come up with your trades for the San Jose Sharks, and we'll and we will uh, we will accept it, reject it, or uh, otherwise discuss. Gotcha. Ruben saying not a big homework guy. I um, understand. Mike Molasses, my dog ate my homework. Wow, that was quick. Way, way to get ahead of the game though, yeah. Molasses. Uh, Marty T. Your dog eats I, like my dog eats. <laughs> Marty's like I was told there'd be no math. Yes. Yeah. Well. So that that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Uh, so the best way to find out is to make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, of course. Hit that notification bell to let you know when we do go on live. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, but um, any, anything else, Ian? Oh, I'm good this time. For, uh, okay. For okay. In yeah, case you missed anything or you want to watch this again, check us out on DealTownUSA.com or your favorite podcatcher. You can see them all on the uh 
screen or if you're watching on audio, just where you're listening to us right now. Um, always available at tealtownusa.com. And of course, leave your comments on those trades for teal tinted glasses. Leave your comments on what the heck is going on and uh, with this team. And most importantly, what was David Quinn saying <laughs> to the referees this evening? Uh, and apparently it sounds like Quinn was pissed in post game. Well, okay, we'll have to check that out for sure. So, AJ, thanks for hitting us up on uh, the quotes there. Ian, your final thoughts? Um, when the Sharks do bad, it's good because we don't need That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, our next game, we'll be back with you for sure on Saturday night. That is Sharks and predators that's a saturday night at 7 30 someone will be here i'll be sleeping because it's store inventory for me uh but uh be on the lookout for teal tinted glasses this week check out technologists from last night appreciate it uh all that stuff would i miss some quotes in there oh i did there we go thank you aj we started great out great ready to play first two minutes we were buzzing hit crossbars create chances then we gave it like our 38th breakaway in three games. It's just inexcusable. It can't happen. Yeah, no kidding. He's a jerk. Oh, boy. Wasn't any wasn't any great play they made. We just fell asleep. Well, wake up. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon. You know, uh, listen, when you give up a goal that easily, why wouldn't you slump your freaking shoulders? Nothing they did. Uh, wasn't great. They played away. We fell asleep. Yep. There you go. All right. Thanks for watching. And until next time, keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you down the road this week.